Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. House Republicans doing their job passing legislation that would prevent men who claim to be women from participating in girls and women's sports. Now, if you think that's me getting tough on the subject, you haven't heard anything yet. And my answer as to why I am so absolutely steadfast on this subject is that bullies cannot be allowed to get away with the bullying. Bullies do not get to say things like this. And then the only thing I will say is if I if you vote yes on this bill and yes on these amendments, I hope the next time there's an invocation, when you bow your heads in prayer, you see the blood on your hands. That is Zoe Zephyr of Montana, a representative in the state house. Zoe is a man who claims to be a woman and said, if you vote for legislation that would keep minors from mutilating themselves, their blood is on your hand. Because, of course, if you don't let kids do what they want to do, the kids will die. There are many times kids want to do things and we do not let them do the thing. That's called parenting. And the more parenting, the better at this stage of the game, because we certainly cannot be allowing this idea of children to be abused, not only abused by those who say, oh, you could be any gender. Oh, you should take this puberty blocker or you should take this hormone. This oh, you should have this surgery that. But how about those women who want to compete and are told they have to take a backseat to a man? The people who believe that women should take a backseat to a man are not only misogynists like Dylan Mulvaney, they are bullies, and bullies need to get hit in the nose. You want to fight? Let's fight. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. That is uh, how you get to be a part of the show. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You no longer have to go through locals. You just go to TonyKatz.com, and we have got you covered. Of course, they scream and yell if you don't let children do this. It's transgenocide. No, it's not. No, it's not. Let me say it again. No, it is not. You being a parent, you deciding for your kid, you helping your kid through things, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. It isn't this idea of doing what your children demand of you. Otherwise, well, in Washington State, they want to take your kid from you. And yes, they do. They want to take your kid from you. Let's let's not lie to each other. Let's not pretend things aren't happening that are happening. Let's not be those people. I have got feminist groups recognizing that the Republican Party is correct. Of course you don't allow men to compete with women if you actually believe in women. And actual women, not men who claim they're women, because those are not women. We're talking about actual women. I can't believe we have to keep having this conversation. But sometimes you have to keep having it because they'll tell you there are five lights when there are really four. There are only four lights, ladies and gentlemen. Men cannot be women and women cannot be men. And anybody in the sound of my voice who says otherwise is a liar. 
They're a fraud. They're abusive. They're bullies. And bullies should be met with a response. You can't out-tough us. What, are you insane? Not in the slightest. This was the mayor of the mayor elect of Chicago, a full on progressive. We see all of the looting that's taken place in Chicago, the thousands of kids that are out there destroying property, attacking people, uh, a, a group of black kids attacking a white woman. I'm waiting for the hate crimes legislation to take place. I don't know. They say those are the rules. So I'm just waiting. Listen to what he says. Look, demonizing children is wrong. We have to keep them safe as well. Have you ever taught middle school? I have. Have you ever raised young people? Do you understand the risk that young people take just because they're young? Do you know that home plate is at the bottom of my stairs? I found that out when my son was sliding down those stairs trying to score. They're young. Sometimes they make silly decisions. They do. And so we have to make sure that we are investing to make sure that young people know that they are supported. Now, when you take it in the context of saying, oh, yeah, they just went out by the thousands and destroyed property, that's a kind of weird take. They should be held responsible for their actions. But let's take it to the greater sense. Progressive mayor-elect of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, just supported my position that children need to be protected more often than not from themselves because children make bad decisions and we shouldn't demonize them. But we also don't let them go about doing it. We say no. And while children should not be demonized, adults can be demonized. These adult bullies that exist trying to push this on kids, absolutely they should be demonized because they are the enemy. They're the enemy. You want the numbers? I've got the numbers. Come to daddy for receipts, people, and I will bring you absolutely positively nothing but the receipts because I got them. I don't come empty handed anywhere, people. No place. Who is your daddy? That's right. According to Reuters. Approximately 42,000 students, kids, 6 to 17, I said students, I meant children, are now diagnosed with gender dysphoria. In 2017, it was 15,000. I ask you, you think that makes sense? You think that's natural? Or is that social contagion? Because it's social contagion. The states where it's happening most, California, Massachusetts, Michigan, New York, Pennsylvania, Washington. I wonder what they have in common. I wonder what they have in common. The analysis of insurance claims from Reuters found that there were 56 genital surgeries among patients and 776 mastectomies. That's right. We've mutilated 800 children in the United States of America in the year 2023. Go on, transgender bullies. Take me on. You'll note I don't discuss what adults do. Adults who make a decision I don't have to understand. I don't have to accept. I don't have to get. I can actually be opposed to it. 
But I can't stop you from living your life. And I'm not trying to. We're talking about children. And we're talking about people being fine with and supporting abusing women. And the answer is no. I'd rather fight you. I would rather push back. I'd rather be on the side of women. I'd rather be on the side of young girls in sports. I'd rather find out that you attacked my sponsors, that you went after the show, and that you tried to come at me, although no one should do that. Everyone just calm down. But that's the point. Somebody's got to stand up, and it's up to us. I'm not leaving those women alone to be abused by these so-called decent people who claim they should just lay down and take it. Whatever the man wants to do, that's good enough. That kind of misogyny, that's, that's worth standing up for, even if it means a career. Who gives a crap about a career? You're not going to stand up for women? You're not even going to have a society. What good is the career when you don't have a society? In addition... At least 14,726 minors started hormone treatment. That is 14,000 abused children. I said it. I meant it. I can debate it anywhere, anytime, with anyone, because the people in favor of this are not good nor decent. So what is their argument? Screaming that I believe in trans genocide? Shut it. That dog won't hunt. Your argument doesn't work. You are are bullies, and you are abusers. The Women's Liberation Front, I swear to you, that's a real thing. I didn't, I, 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 I didn't know that was a thing. I had absolutely no idea that there was something out there called the Women's Liberation Front. How would I have known? And then there's the Women's Declaration International USA. They have joined Republicans in supporting this H.R. 734, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. Why? Because we may disagree about a hundred things, but we don't disagree about base biology. We don't disagree about rational thought. Men are not women and women are not men. Who knew you'd have to fight this hard on such a rational subject, but you do. Who knew that the mayor-elect of Chicago would be proving my point, your point, our point? Who knew? Who knew? But it's just one of many, many things that we have to do. Like, for example... We have to ask ourselves exactly how long will this IRS whistleblower be alive? How long will this IRS whistleblower survive? There is a guy who works in the Internal Revenue Service who has come forward to state that the organization is... um, purposefully screwing up the investigation into Hunter Biden, that they are intentionally mishandling the Hunter Biden investigation. Of course, Hunter Biden has a financial relationship with China, has a financial relationship with Ukraine. Other people named Biden are getting money, according to James Comer, the Republican who heads up uh, House Oversight. Uh, There are six Bidens on, on a payroll. There might be more Bidens out there. 
It's quite incredible. Bidens are making cash like it's their job. And so this guy comes forward and through his lawyers is demanding whistleblower protections. It's funny, um, when you're on the side of the political left, you're a whistleblower. When you are on the side of not the political left, well, um, what happened to Jeffrey Epstein again? That's right. That's right. People better be making sure this guy is alive. That, that that's I, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. They better make sure. Dear chairs and ranking member members. I represent a career IRS criminal supervisory special agent who has been overseeing the ongoing and sensitive investigation of a high-profile, controversial subject since early 2020, a subject meaning a person, and would like to make protected whistleblower disclosures to Congress. Despite serious risks of retaliation, my client is offering to provide you with information necessary to exercise your constitutional oversight function and wishes to make the disclosures in a nonpartisan matter, manner to, le- to the leadership of the relevant committees on both sides of the political aisle. So now the question is, what are they going to do? My goal, writes the lawyer Mark Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E, my goal is to ensure that my client can properly share his lawfully protected disclosures with congressional committees. Thus, I respectfully request that your committees work with me to facilitate sharing this information with Congress legally and with the fully informed advice of counsel. With the appropriate legal protections and in the appropriate setting, I would be happy to meet with you and provide a more detailed proffer of the testimony my client could provide to Congress. Yes, please. Let's do that. By the way, uh, the New York Post throwing uh, pulling no punches with uh, Joe Biden. The headline, Biden lied. That's the cover. It quotes Joe Biden from 2023, January. If your application is denied or you attempt to cross into the United States unlawfully, you will not be allowed to enter. That's what Biden said. However, as they report, the border is still open and migrants are being waved right in. Shelter beds at 130% capacity and it's only getting worse. I'll be at the border next week. I'm going to see it for myself. I'm going to report on it. I'm going to have videos out. We've got it all. I'm supposed to have unlimited access. Well, I want to know what I get unlimited access to. I want to know how long I could be out there. I want to know if I could do some some work with patrols. I'm going to try and do everything uh, within uh, what they consider safe. I'm not going to put their safety at risk. Biden's getting hit on every side, and rightfully so, on policy. Hunter Biden is engaged in some shady you-know-what, and now we've got a whistleblower. So will we hear from him, or is there going to be an accident? Rule number one, keep this guy alive. Let's hear what he has to say. I'm Tony Katz. So I'm trying to follow the subpoena insanity. Alvin Bragg is the district attorney in Manhattan. And he indicts President Trump 
on a felony charge of something that isn't a felony. We know that. We understand that. We're all caught up there. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, guys. Good to be with you. Good stuff. Uh, Sean Spicer joins the show in just a little bit. We got into it. Uh, Why he left Newsmax. um, Can DeSantis dethrone the Donald? Uh, Also talked about he's got a book. He's he's got a a children's book called The Parrots Go Bananas. Um, It's actually, I mean, it's for kids. It's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating take on the subject. It's a fascinating cultural move. I'll get into all of that. Sean Spicer, former White House press secretary, uh, joins the show in a little bit. So we know about Alvin Bragg. Then Jim Jordan, who chairs the House Judiciary Committee, wants to subpoena a former um, member of the staff uh, by uh, the name of Pomerantz. Mark Pomerantz, I believe, is his name. Former prosecutor of Manhattan. Alvin Bragg loses his mind. And Alvin Bragg says, you can't have access to him. What, are you crazy? You can't have that. And says, no, we're going to sue to block the subpoena. Well, a judge yesterday said, sorry, this judge, um, Mary Kay Viscosil, V-Y-S-K-O-C-I-L, I don't even know how to pronounce that, said, look, you can come to me all you want, but I can't block a subpoena. It's a subpoena from Congress. That's, that is not within my purview, Boo Bear. Sorry, Jim Jordan, chairman of House Judiciary, gives you a subpoena. You figure out what to do with it. That was yesterday. Today, a federal appeals court, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in New York, says, uh, you know what? We're going to block that subpoena. We're, we're, we're cool with this, Alvin Bragg. We are going to block the subpoena that would force uh, testimony or, or demand testimony from this prosecutor, former Manhattan prosecutor named Mark Pomerantz. Pomerantz was involved in a criminal investigation of Trump. And of course, Bragg is indi- has indicted Trump on this criminal, feel the air quotes, charge of paying Stormy Daniels. So Jim Jordan wants to talk to this guy. What, what, what kind of abuse of power is this? I assume that's going to be one of the questions. Bragg says, you can't subpoena my people, even former people, goes to get it blocked. A judge yesterday says, I can't help you. The appeals court today says, we can help you. And right now it is blocked. I do not believe this will stand. I believe you are in a very, very ugly territory telling a judge they can block Congress from engaging a subpoena. Whether or not Mark Pomerantz listens to the subpoena, shows up, he's willing to deal with what happens when all of us don't listen to a subpoena. Well, that's one thing. Blocking it is something different. So we're not discussing what you think about Trump or Bragg or anything else. We're only discussing the legality and and, and that point of view. I think this court's going to get overruled. And then Pomerantz is going to have to figure out what he wants to do. That's different. This... Right now, plays political as can be. Sean Spicer is up next. This is Tony Katz today. 
So why does a guy leave his own TV show? What if what if having your own TV show is not all it's cracked up to be? The amount of times I'm asked, so when are you going to get a show on Fox? And I have to explain to people, I'm never, ever getting a show on Fox. That's not happening. It's not that I wouldn't talk to them about a show. It's that I'm not going to get offered one. And if I did one, I... Uh, don't make me do what everybody else is doing. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. Not by a long shot. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Sean Spicer, former White House press secretary, former host at Newsmax, and now the author of the book, The Parrots Go Bananas, done with Brave Books. He uh, joins me right now as we get into this conversation about what you do, all, all of these things, uh, author and, and former press secretary, but you, you left the Newsmax gig. You were like, hey, thanks, I appreciate it, but this isn't for me. How does one leave that gig? Oh, so much to break down there, Tony Katz. First of all, it's great to be with you. Always enjoy it. Um, so look, here's what it um, what it came down to. Uh, quite simply, is I be- had three great years uh, at Newsmax. I love doing the show. Um, I have some new opportunities. I'm going to be announcing them very soon. And most of it comes down to being able to have the freedom to do a lot more of what I want um, in, in a forum in which I want to do it, meaning that um, to be able to do it independently as opposed to through a network. Um, I love being at Newsmax, the opportunity that that they gave me. Um, and we walked away as friends. This isn't a, this was just sort of, they're, they're moving uh, forward in a direction. I had 44 minutes of television I could do. Um, I have a project that I'm working on that I'll be announcing very soon. Um, I put a video out at YouTube, uh, on my YouTube page. Sean Sp- it's Sean M. Spicer on YouTube. And people can go to my newsletter, seanspicer.com um, and sign up and I'll, I'll keep you up to date. But it, it was quite simply the op- opportunity to go do more content that I wanted to do. Um, and, and as you know, I mean, when you work for a network, it's their network, uh, their show, their timing. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I appreciate that they did for me and the opportunities that they gave me. Um, but as we talked about the next two years, um, I looked at this coming cycle and some of the opportunities that had presented to me. Um, and, you know, to be blunt, I'm going to bet on myself. Um, I love what a lot of the guests, I mean, you've been on the show, Dave Rubin's been on the show. Um, I'm just trying to think how many people have, have you know, you, you look at people out and, and what the folks at the Daily Wire have done, what have, uh, what people like Megan Kelly and Liz Wheeler and Dana Lash. And, and I was like, you know what? I like what they're doing. And I've had conversations with all of them over the last um, uh, couple of years. And I thought I had had some conversations about what it would take uh, to do something that I wanted to do and build. Uh, and so that's that's the avenue I'm heading down. We're not ready to make the, the full announcement yet. But frankly, that's that's what I'm doing. And um, you know, as, a, as just a, a bit of inside baseball, I, I you bring up something that people rarely bring up. Uh, there's a reason I do radio and not TV as 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 you did it. Uh, you know, people are like, well, would you take the money? Sure. You always take the money. But there's a conversation about what it is you want to share to live in a world where I get to talk. Uh, for these three hours that I do on midday or three hours I do in the morning doing this stuff here on Rumble where the only editor in my head is me. There's yeah. no other voice. It, it's not that the other voice is, is rude or anything, but it it is. I mean, uh, that it's a remarkably freeing thing to just be able to do your own thing as opposed to, okay, here's what is expected of us thing. 
So, so there's two things and you brought up both of them, which is money and, and then what you ultimately want to do in terms of your, you know, and, and, um, there is something about being a W2 employee, which I was at Newsmax. Uh, there's a sense of stability. There's some benefits that go along with that in terms of, you know, uh, I didn't take health care from them because I, I get it through other means, but I mean, like life insurance and disability or whatever. Um, but there's something about being your own boss. Um, and and I, from the models that I've put together and the, and the marketing team and the sponsorships, the money part is going to be, I fingers crossed, I think we're going to be just fine. And then to your point, I love the conversation. The thing about a TV show, the one that I had, is it's very constraining. It's 44 minutes, it's six blocks, and they're all between five and seven minutes. And so to have a conversation like you and I have is not, is not something that you can do in, in television in the setup that we had. Right. So I love... Uh, I have a podcast that I've been doing for a little while called Beyond the Briefing. I had um, on Mondays, I break down political matters for about 25 to 30 minutes and I just go off for 30 minutes. I can't do that in television and I couldn't do it on video because of the contract that I had with Newsmax. I had a lot of prohibitions and that's the other thing. And again, and I don't, this isn't, like I said, we're, we're all on great terms, but when, when a network is paying you as a W2 employee or frankly, any employer, this isn't about Newsmax or but they're saying this is what you what you're buying into by being an employee of ours, and so, uh, so I I want to do certain things because I especially going into a, a presidential year, I spent six years at the RNC, two political two presidential cycles, obviously the Trump campaign in 2016, he's running again, and I, I'm like I don't want to be constrained by six blocks a day. Um, and not necessarily the topics that I always want to be talking about, because again, it's right. a network. They're going to tell you, Hey, we need you to talk about these three things today or have these four guests or whatever. Again, that's their job, their prerogative. Cause it's their, their network. Um, I wanted to be able to go out and do things that I thought would be valuable. And I, I look, you talk to my wife, I scream at the television half the day or at the radio or whatever, because I get so annoyed when I watch, I mean, it's like doctors watching ER or cops watching Chicago PD or something like, I'm like, that's just not how the system works. And so I have this desire to want to tell people, here's why Ron DeSantis hasn't announced yet, right? Here's why Donald Trump is doing what he's doing, because here's how the game is played. Here's how this works. And, um, and in talking to some folks, they were like, well, we can, we can give you that infrastructure. And we can help you do it. And so we're putting together that that plan to roll out in the next little while. Well, we look forward uh, to hearing it and seeing it. Talking to Sean Spicer, uh, the book, by the way, the latest book, The Parrots Go Bananas, Sean Spicer and Brave Books. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But you brought up DeSantis and you brought up Trump. And, and you know, the question is, what would it take for DeSantis to dethrone uh, the, the, the Donald. So you the, the question I get asked all the time is why hasn't DeSantis gotten into this race? And I answer, you know, I'm very much on the outside looking in. He doesn't have to. Well, I don't believe there's any rush for DeSantis to get in in this race at all. He can wait all the time and raise all the money outside of the real pressure of being a candidate. You agree or you disagree? Well, I think it's not even that. I, I, there's more to it. And, and it's this. Florida has a resign to run law. The resigner law says that if he announces for president or creates a federal committee with the FEC, so he doesn't even have to announce, if he creates, he has to, by Florida law, announce a date that he will resign his office as governor. 
Now, that would be stupid. So what's going to happen is the Florida legislature goes sine die the first week of May. So somewhere in that first week of May, probably towards the last uh, few days, they will introduce an election reform bill. And in the 4,752-page bill, uh, somewhere around page 3,000, they will insert one line that says, the chief executive of Florida shall not be uh, blah, blah, blah. According to to resign, whatever yeah. they say. And exactly. And so it'll be switched. And that will be your signal. The bat light will go on to tell everyone that he is running. But they're not going to do it until the, the, the session is over. Because why would, to your point, why would he do it prematurely? Because he wants to have these fights with Disney. He wants to talk about the world. And instead of being seen through the lens as a presidential candidate, he can be seen as a governor that's getting things done. And he can say, what are you talking about? I'm not running. I'm just getting things done for the state of Florida. So it's a smart move for that reason. Um, the second question you are asking is why? Uh, so that's why he's not. Can he announce? Sure. But it would be horribly stupid to give up the office to run. Right. Um, for a million reasons. So could he? Sure. Will he? No. And he's going to. So here's the thing. Everybody who wants to know if and when he's running, if the Florida legislature goes signy die the first week of May and they don't change the law, something's going on. That's your tell. If it changed the law, there's your tell that he's getting in. If uh, so, once that happens, though, here's your answer. I don't, I tell everyone all the time, it doesn't matter what national polls say. You're not running a national election. You're running a race to gather approximately 1,400 delegates in the Republican uh, primary. And that early states matter most, New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina, Nevada. All of the states, the 50 states and territories have to submit their state plans to the RNC by October 1st. And then the RNC will bless them. And that will look at the timeline and the way in which they allocate the delegates that they have been awarded. So Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, everybody will say, and in each state, you have a minimum threshold, 10%, that you need to get to even qualify for delegates. So right now, if you're Pence or Haley or whomever, and you're getting 8% in, in, in Iowa or New Hampshire, you, you currently don't even qualify for any delegates. So to answer your question about DeSantis, if I were DeSantis's team, and I wanted to win, I wouldn't care about anything that national polls say. The only thing I would focus on is winning one or two of those early states, New Hampshire, Iowa, because the second that you do and people believe that you can kill the king, the game changes. Everyone's going to go, whoa. If Trump wins all four of those, if he wins Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada, game over. He rolls into Super Tuesday. Every donor grassroots activist says, I'm not risking it. Uh, like he, it looks inevitable. I'm jumping on the train and, uh, and no one else gets anything. I, I don't disagree with that in the slightest. Speaking with Sean Spicer, former white house press secretary, formerly a host at Newsmax and the author of the parrots go bananas. Uh, you can actually find that at seanspicer.com. I'm not arguing with you about if, if Trump runs the table in your view, where does DeSantis have to be in the first two? Let's leave South Carolina out of it because you have a Nikki Haley, Tim Scott conversation that could cloud the conversation there and wondering, you know, how far they get through the thing. Does DeSantis have to be a number two in both of those states or does DeSantis have to win one of them to make this push past a Super Tuesday? 
So uh, interestingly, I'll start backwards. In South Carolina right now, Nikki Haley's getting 19%. Tim Scott's getting seven. That doesn't bode well for either one of them right now. But to answer your fir- your other question, if DeSantis, look, if he doesn't win one of the first two states, I find it hard for him to make the case for donor. I mean, look, if you you have to have donors because donors allow you to get on a plane to go to the next state and allow your staff to get paid and allow the signs and the commercials and everything. And in order for donors, donors need to feel like they're with a winner or a potential winner. And if you don't win one of those two states, I have a hard time seeing the case that you're making to them, number one. Number two, I think you might be able to make it with a strong second place showing. Now, what does that mean? Well, right now in South Carolina, Trump's up about 25, I mean, excuse me, in Iowa, about 25 points. 25 points is a blowout. If DeSantis were to get there, let's say within five, and people thought, whoa, he looks like he's within striking distance. I think you can stick, make a case to donors and you can make a case to grassroots activists and say, hey, guys, keep putting up those signs, make those phone calls. Right. I'm in this and I just need your help. Let's go to New Hampshire. Um, and then he'll he'll you know, he DeSantis was just in South Carolina. I can see him spending a lot more time there in the proximity to Florida. So but if he doesn't have he's got to show something in those first four states uh, before you get to Super Tuesday, they give people a reason. And I don't mean, you know, not just the donors, the big donors, the low donors, the grassroots activists, the grass tops activists, the influencers, you know, who are on Twitter and Rumble and Truth Social and saying, whoa, check this out. You know, DeSantis, keep going. If he doesn't do something of that nature, I I don't, because at a certain point, it dries up real quick. Now let's get into a, a part two conversation, Sean, which is who else on the Republican side actually gets into this race? Mike Pompeo has bowed out. Uh, former Vice President Mike Pence hasn't jumped in yet. I assume he will. Look, I'm an Indiana guy. Uh, my main station, WIBC, is where Mike Pence got his start. We've had many a conversation I don't see his path. I have said so on air numerous times. Um, uh, You have two contenders from South Carolina, which splits that state, which is a problem for both of them, but they both got into it knowing that that would be an issue. Who are we missing? Who is the possible spoiler out there in your view that could get in this race that would make anybody go, really? That's interesting. So right now, I don't see anybody playing that role. I know that there's a discussion about Brian Kemp potentially getting in. Brian Kemp, very popular governor in Georgia. Um, he has a reason to be a little peeved at, at President Trump. He has done a lot of great things on the economic front. He's very pro-life, signed a, a very strong pro-life bill down there, has been very strong on the economic front. Um, but again, I, I, I mean, I ask this, I mean, I think you're, you're, analysis on Mike Pence is spot on. I mean, like, what, what's your lane? Um, the, the president's lane, President Trump's lane right now, let's call it 45 to 55%. Again, it's, and, and just remember, there's one other thing that I tell people all the time, Tony, that's so critical to understanding this. President Trump has run twice before. He has an infrastructure advantage that nobody else is even close to. He has more data on voters than anyone else combined. So he knows every single person in Iowa and how they've caucused, right? Ron DeSantis has nothing. He starts from like a voter list that he's pulling off the shelf. 
Mike Pence, same thing. So they're starting, they're literally walking around Cedar Rapids and Dubuque and saying like, hi, my name's Mike Pence. I'm Ron DeSantis. Donald Trump's like, hey, I know your name. I know how you voted. I know where you live. I know your giving history. I know where you caucus. I know your precinct. That's a distinct advantage. And it's in New Hampshire. It's in Iowa. It's in South Carolina. It's in Nevada. It's in Indiana. Everywhere. I appreciate Sean Spicer taking the time to be with me. The interview went so long uh, that that you'll be able to catch it uh, on, on Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. And of course, you'll find it all uh, at wherever it is you find the podcast. I'll have it all for you. But there was more to the conversation. I will share more with you. This is Tony Katz today. So we still have TonyCats.Locals.com, but what we did is we just made it all TonyCats.com. We are, we. I can't figure out what's going on with Facebook. The anger I have with Facebook is real. I can't even get the system to actually work properly. It, it, it's so screwed up. It won't play our videos. It won't do anything. That's when we decided we're moving everything over to Locals. And yeah, it's one more thing. I get it. Except we control the thing. We decide the thing. And so all the content on there, nothing can get throttled. Nothing can get silenced. It's all there. So if, if you want to be supportive, you want to follow what we're doing, go to TonyCats.com and subscribe. It's free, or you can actually be a paid subscriber. It's totally up to you. TonyCats.com. Get over there today. This is Tony Katz today. Be right back.